Welcome to Art Everywhere, episode 28, Chelsea Baker. Woo, hey. What's up, dude? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Dude, of course, of course. Uh, you know, I, I had to make my rounds through the crew and then sprinkle in some strangers that I find interesting. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to, like I said earlier, I'm trying to make the crew bigger. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a beautiful community. And yeah. we should make it bigger. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think um, it's important to get people around other people, like cool people around mm-hmm. other cool people, because cool shit happens. Yeah, it's really important. Yeah, because when you're when you're kind of on your own, like doing cool shit, that's cool. Yeah. But when somebody comes along and like adds to the coolness, and you're like, oh fuck, I I never could have. Or when you know, like, I could have never done that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how I think. That's not how I do things. Mm-hmm. That's when life gets fucking great. Yeah. It's all about, you know, connecting with fellow humans that just resonate that amazing energy. And it inspires and, you know, just blossoms and moves forward. That's... Yeah, you talk like a fucking artist. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> yeah. So where, where does your art journey begin? Because you do a lot of cool shit. Um, yeah, my art journey. When did it begin? Well, I guess like when I was a kid, I used to draw all the time. And my brother was an amazing, he, he still is, but he doesn't do much art anymore. But when we were kids, he used to draw the coolest characters. And I wanted to be just like him. And What so, did he draw? Um, just like we used to watch cartoons all the time. So he'd like do a, like a bunch of different cartoons in one and make some cool character guy. Oh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> like big head, small eyes, you know, just make him look really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I wanted to be just like him and I started drawing and started looking off of things and kind of figuring out how to do it. And, um, yeah. You don't, you don't have any formal training? I went, when I was in elementary school and high school, I did a lot of art classes, like all the electives, definitely all the time. Um, but no, I I don't have any other training. Um, when I moved to San Diego uh, about 10 years ago or nine years ago, um, I met a lot of artists down there. I kind of stopped doing art for a long time after like high school. I, I went into music. That's another form of art that I do. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that too. And um yeah, so I stopped doing art. And then I went down to San Diego. I lived there for a few years and I met some amazing musicians and artists and learned about painting live with bands and cool stuff like that. And yeah, I just I um I call it Earth School. That's little Loki. Yeah, that's, that's Loki. <laughs> that's my little man. I had to bring him with me. Yeah, I'll post pictures. He's <laughs> he's cute, man. But and um, he's and he's smart and well behaved. He aside is aside from except when he wants all the attention in the world, he'll cry and cry and cry. But he, he doesn't bark too much. But um yeah, sorry about that. We're just gonna have a lot no of worries. background noise. <laughs> we got two guests. We got two guests. Fine. But um yeah, I 
I, I call it earth school where I've, I've learned a lot through fellow, you know, artists and building my, my circle and just being inspired by other people and learning different things and techniques and everything. And, um, that's, that's super important to me because so I, why'd I, you move down to San Diego? Well, I, I just got Loki. <laughs> he was a puppy and I lost my job and, um, my friend wanted to start, a delivery service down in San Diego because it was right before everything started becoming legalized. So they wanted to go down there and get a head start on legalizing their uh, cannabis delivery service. And so she asked me to go down there with her and I on a whim just said, okay. So Loki and I went down there and started a whole new life down there. And I lived there for like, yeah, four years, I think. Um, in my mid twenties, it was the best decision I ever made. Dude, isn't that <laughs> fucking cool? Yeah, it was crazy. It was ups and downs and all around. Um, I say still to this day, like going through your ocean of emotions is most important because, you know, it fi it, you find out who you are, like really as a human, like being. Yeah, when shit gets hard. Yeah. You figure out who you are. Exactly. You know, you, f you find the raw self that's inside of you and it's really hard to find when you're mixed up with you know just being in a comfortable situation and not really being alone and kind of doing your own thing and seeing what happens um I just really wanted to do that because I felt like I didn't know myself at all and so I took that chance and um yeah it was, it was an amazing journey and I I really found out who I was and I started painting again and yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> and kind of a rediscovery. Yeah, really. I was in a band for 10 years up here um, when I was from 15 to 24, so nine, nine years or so. Did you guys open for Taylor Hawkins? We did. See, we did I told open. you I did the deep dive, dude. <laughs> I did the deep dive. Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. Oh, rest in peace, Taylor. Oh, he was amazing. Oh, my gosh. And he hung out with you guys? And he did. Um, we opened up for them at the Boardwalk in Orangeville, which is no longer. That's very sad, too. Um, but, yeah, we brought a big draw for him, and um, he never played in Orangeville. And Whoa. so, yeah, so we is brought it, a bunch I'm of I'm sure people. it was on his bucket list. <laughs> Dude, I got to play Orangevale, bro. Well, you know the famous boardwalk in Orangevale. A lot yeah. of people came out there, you know, old school rock stars. And even like. A lot of people have played yeah. that that venue. Yeah. What happened to it? Um, Just they, went under? They closed down, yeah. I, I don't know the details. Um, I, I've been out of touch with them, the owners and stuff, for a very, very long time. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, the, the origin for the, uh, that, that name, the coattail riders. Yeah. Riding on the coattails. No, but his, his, uh, particular. Oh no. Uh, thought no. behind it mm -mm. was he said, I guess him and David Grohl were talking about it. And he said that Dave Grohl rode Nirvana's coattails mm. to success and he was going to ride the Foo Fighters coattails to success and hopefully somebody would be able to ride his coattails to success. Aww. And I tell people when I first moved out here, I really only knew my buddy Lonnie. He's one of the best friends I've ever made in my life. I just, I thanked him the other day. <laughs> Loki's crazy. <laughs> He's a good boy. 
like, I, I thank my buddy Lonnie and shout out to you, Lonnie. I'm proud of you, buddy. I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's just a fucking great human being, first off. Yeah. And he's a shit ton of fun to be around. He's one of the best guitar players I've ever met in in, in life. <laughs> hey, hey, calm down, mister. You're being He's, being bad. <laughs> Sorry, well, go on. When I came out here, he introduced me to Sacramento. He's like, yeah, bro. He's like, when, because I was a lifer. We were cellies in prison. And I ended up being found suitable for parole like a year after he got released. Wow. So within six months, I would be home. So I wrote him and said, hey, I was found suitable. He's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So when I came out here, he like kind of plugged me into um, just people. Just like, hey, you meet this person. We go to this, we go to that. You know, I just met people. And then through that, I met uh, another friend who hooked me up with a job. And then that job hooked me up with the apartment that I'm currently living in. Wow. And that allowed me to have a place for... Uh, for Vicky, who's now my wife, and my two kids. Yeah. And then through that, I was able to become the manager and then get her mom an apartment up there. Wow. And then I, after I left that position, I was still able to have a little bit of influence. And I was able to get her best friend an apartment down the way. Shout out to Yesenia. And, you know, it was, it, it's been really cool, but wow. it was because I rode somebody else's coattails. Wow. And I, I, I told... When Yesenia moved up here last year, I said, hey, look, when I came up here, I didn't know anybody. I rode Lonnie's coattails. Now, somehow, someway, I grew coattails. Mm-hmm. Now you ride my coattails mm-hmm. and just do what you're going to do. Yeah. That's... And hopefully you grow coattails <laughs> and you let somebody ride yours. And it goes back to Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And it also goes back to what we were talking about before, like, you know, uh, broadening your circle and meeting awesome amazing new people that you have a similar connection with and being inspired to to do more you know and like just lending out a hand and and being open to that it's it's huge it's it's like a whole circle of just community and awesomeness <laughs> isn't it cool like because you're multidisciplined like you have you know, you have painting and you have music. Mm-hmm. Isn't it cool? Like when you do something that you're really proud of and you don't tell anybody about it, you're like really proud of it. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you see somebody do something and you're like, everything I've done is shit. And you're like, fuck, I need to get better. Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. Isn't that the best? Like you're, you're so <laughs> proud of it until you see somebody else's and you're like, fuck. I need to do it. I need to do it. I, I need to be better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, that always happens to me whenever I think, man, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I see somebody else's stuff and I'm like, I haven't even. I'm yeah, it's, but it's, it's an amazing thing. It's like, it's very, um, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, it's, it sucks. Cause you have that initial feeling like, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was and I want it, but then you want to do better and, and you, you know, you get inspired again to continue working, continuing with your technique, learning new techniques, kind of broadening your horizons. And, you know, it really, it really benefits you in the long run, you know, if you look at it that way, but a lot of people can't look at it that way. They've, they've, you know, there's, they just hit a wall 
you know, like, it, well, and, well, those, and a lot, a lot of us do that too. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the faucet, the creativity faucet sometimes shuts down for a minute. Yeah. And that's, we all hit, we all hit that, that time because mm-hmm. you have to be able to ingest and then digest and then put, put something out. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, like when I have a painting, I'm like, yeah, that's my shit. And it's kind of that way because everything I take in with my eyes and my ears, my emotions, it's going to come through. Like I'm going to take it in, ingest it, and then I'm going to digest it, you know, think about it, whether consciously or subconsciously. And then I'm going to take a shit and it's going to be my painting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's my shit. Yep. Yep. You know, and for better or for worse, it's like, can you be an accurate judge of yourself? I, I don't, I'm not good at it. Oh yeah. If you stare at something for too long, you, you start, you stop knowing what it is. It's like, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, I've been painting this commission. Um, someone asked me to paint on a canvas, the Jordan threes. Um, they have them framed. Like they have these posters that you can buy that are framed with the shoe box and everything. And this diehard Jordan fan wants me to paint these shoes on a canvas, not actually paint real shoes, but paint shoes on a canvas. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've been working on it and looking at it so long that I'm just like, what is it? What am I painting? <laughs> what is yeah. this? And then I show people and they're like, oh my God, those look like real shoes. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Do they? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm on the right track. Cause oh, I'm, I'm real. I'm really into realism. So I'll spend forever on you know the leather detail in the shoe and i'm like wait what am i doing they look like just scratches you know but if you take a step back step back yeah it all comes together it all comes together yeah yeah well there's a throw point for like you know like with music like an amp like there's a throw point Mm -hmm. like you could be too close to the amp and it's loud as shit but it shoots right past you yep if you're right up on an amp, I don't know if people know this, but if you're right up on an amp when that thing's turned to like 10, you think it's loud, but the people like 10 feet away are like, hey, dude, turn that shit down. Because it, there's Especially a, for bass. Yeah, yeah, because it, it it gets thrown right past you. And yeah. it's the same thing with a, with a painting. So people who paint too close, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. when you back away from it, it looks stiff mm-hmm. because it's too, a lot of times too stiff. Mm-hmm. Unless you know you you've developed a style where you paint you know, where you're up close and you just paint loosely or whatever, yeah. but if you're too close to a painting, you can't see how all the pieces work together. Yeah, it's super important. Like that was one thing that I I was taught um, in Earth School, as I say. Earth um, school. <laughs> is you're a fucking always. hippie you're a fucking hippie dude <laughs> i lived in ocean beach san diego hello no but like i see <laughs> no like i'm thinking about it now i'm like yeah you do post pictures with like seashells in your hair and shit <laughs> yeah i am yeah. kind of um but yeah one thing that i did learn from fellow artists is always take a step back when you're working on something always stop take a take a breather and take a step back and, and just look at it. You know, it's super important to do that. I never realized how important it was until I started doing it. And I'm like, I just started seeing it in a different light, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of like a metaphor for life, right? Mm-hmm. When you're too close to something and mm-hmm. you can't see it and it's like driving you nuts. Sometimes the best thing to do is just fucking walk away for a minute. 
Yeah, before like you explode, like before you go through your ocean of emotions, you yeah. know, before you explode, just take a breather, meditate on it before you make any drastic decisions or punch a wall or something, you know. Like- I argue in the shower. <laughs> yeah. I argue in the shower. Okay, there you go. I go, you know what? And I fucking, I say it all. <laughs> there I you go. I say it all, like under my breath with the mm. shower fucking full full blast. I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking tired of it. Yeah, you know, everyone has their own way to release it. And and it's good to to do that and, you know, not affect others. Like, and I've learned a lot with, because I'm, I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I am pretty emotional person, sensitive, I guess. And um, when I was younger, I would always take it out on my friends or my family or, and not like knowingly doing it, just like, have this vibe where I'm just like in a bad mood and everyone knows everyone can see Chelsea's in a bad mood because she wears her heart on her sleeve and she doesn't smile and blah, blah, blah. And I've learned that, you know, that's how, that's how you lose, you know, close friends or people, you know, don't want to be around you and, and that kind of, you know, energy, like no one wants to be around that. Yeah. When somebody's angry, like storming around, Mm-hmm. Like it's so uncomfortable. Like you're trying to Yeah, you feel it. You yeah, you're trying to eat some that. chips or something. And like somebody's angry in the fucking room with you. You're like, oh dude, I can't. You fucking. just make that crunch noise and they look at you with their yeah, dagger like, eyes. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Do you have to chew like that? Why are you like, crunching oh, fuck. so loud? And then you're like, hey, what happened? It's like, oh, well, this dude at work was a fucking dick to me and all this stuff and all that. Like, okay, cool. You wanna watch fucking the football game, dude? <laughs> want to smoke a bowl? You want to yeah, calm you wanna, down? <laughs> you want to fucking chill out? Like, what do you... I mean, yeah. it's, it's just kind of weird. And uh, yeah. I I used to be like that. I used to be like, if I was angry, everyone had to know I was angry. Mm. And then what... Uh, just like Loki. Yeah. He, Loki's <laughs> like, hey, dude, I want to get the fuck out of here. I want to get the fuck out of here. He's like, give me some more of those chips, man. <laughs> oh, dude, those chips are so good. Yeah, Mario busted good. out some fucking Japanese barbecue chips. They taste like they were actually in the barbecue. Dude, they taste exactly <laughs> like you think like a Japanese craftsman would make American barbecue chips. Yep. And there's like some mushroom chips too. I'm hey, we're having over one right now. <laughs> yeah, we're over here crunching. Listen to this. How's that? Mmm. Yeah, that was fucking great. That was definitely barbecued. <laughs> but it, it wasn't until I went to prison. What the mushroom and the barbecue? All right, here we go. And you know what I like about them too is like they're. Oh my goodness! Barbecued mushrooms. <laughs> That's good. Ow! Mm. Who comes up with this shit? And I like that the portion size. It's so tiny. So You're not going to be a fucking glutton about it. Yeah. I need like a 99 cent bag. You ever <laughs> try to do that? Eat a whole 99 cent bag of like barbecue, like Lay's chips? That um, shit is hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. They're so greasy. And they're so salty. And super salty. And you're so thirsty afterward. And then you end up drinking a fucking Sprite or something. Then you're even thirstier. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't it's like help. it does nothing, dude. It does it's got nothing. sodium in there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, God. But a beer on the other hand. Mm. That's like ninety percent water. It's juicier than you, New yeah. England style. Dude, that's what ninety three percent water it says. It's six point five percent alcohol by volume. That means it's fucking 
93.5% water. Yep, true Look at that. me. My fucking math facts. <laughs> I was going to say, does it have sodium? Failed every math class since third grade, dude. Mm. That is no lie. Wow, well, congrats to you for figuring that out. I didn't even know... I, I, I couldn't do math that fast. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> this weird so I have this weird system in my head where I can do like like percentages and stuff for certain things. Like I can go like, oh, this plus this and that and that minus that plus this and take away that mm-hmm. times four <laughs> equals eleven, dude. Wow. Duh. It's crazy. Like duh. But if you're like, hey, could you do this math homework? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like I'm gonna have a fucking aneurysm, dude. What's up, buddy? Loki, go lay but, down. <laughs> so, who who are your influences musically? Oh gosh, um, what made you want to pick up the bass? Because girls don't really pick up the bass like that. Well, so whenever they do, I'm always like, "Fuck yeah!" Because it's <laughs> it's hard, dude. It eats up your fingers. Yeah, it, it hurt. Like your hand physically hurts. You got to well, strengthen your your left hand if you're you know if you're a right handed player. True, I did have those hand exercising things. Um, well. I started a rock band with my three girlfriends when we were 15. So that was 20 years ago. And I never, well, I used to play saxophone when I was like 12. Gangster. I I was really good at saxophone and I played that. And then I stopped for a little, a couple years. And then I, I wanted to start a rock band with my girlfriends because we wanted to be hella cool. We were listening to like corn and deftones and, you know, we just, we were like, yeah, let's start like a metal what? Hey, band. you guys want to be edgy? Hey, let's be edgy. <laughs> let's be super dope. And so um, I actually wanted to play lead guitar. I wanted to be the lead guitar player. And my two girlfriends, their parents got them guitars for Christmas. And my mom did, and my dad didn't. Um, so they both got guitars. And they're like, oh, you wanted to play guitar? I'm sorry. Well, you're going to have to play bass. And I was like, what? What's bass i didn't even know like it's a guitar but like it's like bigger yeah so with i had fewer to strings. like learn about what a bass guitar is you know and um i uh i did research i got i got a, a guitar teacher and um my mom she rented a bass for me for a little while and just to see if i liked it you know and then we, yeah before you invest yeah so we did that and I, I loved it. It was awesome. It was, I'm so glad I, I was forced into playing bass because it, it's the coolest instrument in the band. It's like the backbone of the band next to the drums. It's you the know? floor. Mm-hmm. It's the floor. Dude. It's what everyone listens to. Even the vocalists, they listen to the bass melody and they sing with it. So it's, it's so important. And well, when that, when that bass drops in, mm-hmm. like it just floods the whole yeah. floor. It's like you just pretty like, important. Whoa. Pretty important, even yeah. in a rock band. <laughs> well, in a rock band, it's it's kind of, I can't say it's the most important, but I think it's the most unappreciated. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. you're being like really flashy and you're like you know doing some something that's gonna stand out, like some slap bass, bass or like yeah, or a bass <laughs> solo or something. But it's it's so important because if you take that part out, it's like it sounds thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole song sounds like really thin. Well, I. I I also wanted to explore um, outside of rock music because I felt like I kind of hit a wall in my band and I wanted... What kind, of, what kind of music did you guys play? 
Like it was like it was it was a mixture. It was like it was like rock, metal, and pop all together. And well, we were fun. just we were awesome. We yeah. kicked butt. We was got your- to play at the boardwalk all the time. And um we opened up for some cool bands like Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. And then uh we also opened up for the Donnas at The uh, Donnas? Uh was yes. it uh was it not Take Me Out? Was it uh Come Out with Me? What was it called? They had that one song. Yeah, take me it, out. Yeah, take me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that song was good. That was a really good yeah. song. Um, remember Maryland's on K, the one that was downstairs, the bar that was downstairs. No, they I had don't. a venue. Well, it's it's no longer there. It's now the Coin Op on K Street, but it used to be Maryland's oh. on K. And my band Aurora, we got to open up for the Donnas at that venue, Holy and we shit. brought like all of our fans, and it, it was like the coolest thing ever. It was so fun. Like we had definitely a lot of fun. Um, and then, sadly, after about nine years, we broke up, and then I moved to San Diego, and that's when my music, like just everything, like I was just so used to like one specific genre of music, and then everything just like opened up down there because there's so many different genres of music down there not just like whatever's clicky like of course there's reggae down there but there was blues there was rock there was punk you know it was like it was just a lot of really cool different kinds of music and um when I first went down there I didn't even tell anyone I played an instrument I didn't want anyone to know me I was just like I just want to be anonymous anonymous yeah I just want to see who I can meet and I ended up of course, getting in a circle of friends that were all musicians. My neighbor, like, was one of the big promoters in that town for all the bands. Whoa. And so we had started having parties at my my apartment because her my neighbor's daughter would be sleeping in her apartment. So we had the parties at my place after the shows. <laughs> and I ended up getting in, in a blues rock band, long story short. Um, and I started playing blues. And I like standard, like 12 bar. No, it was like blues rock. So it was just a different kind of genre. Like it was still like we had very different types of musicians in the band. So it kind of it kind of turned into like, I I guess you could say alternative blues rock. I don't know. (laughs) Well, well, that was the thing. Like when you when you listen to some Alice in Chains stuff, like when you listen to the Three Legged Dog album. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dude, I can't have that album around. <laughs> I can't. It like takes me to like this place, dude, that's yeah. like really like comfortably dark. Have you ever heard of Mad Season? That- hey, hey, <laughs> we used to do when I was in prison, we used to we used to play um what fuck dude, now I can't remember the name of the song. Um uh, it goes doom 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 wake up wake up young man okay dude we used to fucking burn (laughs) that song dude we used to fucking blow that song out of the water because it's just like wide open for like distorted guitar leads and stuff it's fucking crazy yeah yeah definitely and then the drums get so big dude that was that was my shit dude and river (laughs) of deceit Mm -hmm. dude look i have uh now that you bring it up, I haven't thought about this, but I have a, a tumbler. It's like a mug, like a plastic mug that I tattooed the 
a Mad Season logo on. Wow. The album cover. I was obsessed with Mad Season. Oh, dude. <laughs> I dude, so good. Mike, Mike McCready was so fucking yeah, good. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it opened up a lot in me, like just listening to it because it was so dark but beautiful. It was beautifully, tra- it was like tragic. Yeah. It sounded tragic. Totally. It was, what happened? Just listen. Is this it? <gasps> oh my goodness. Listen, guys, listen to this. Wait. Uh. <sighs> it's that taking drop. me back. The bass. There's the bass. <laughs> oh, and but, it was so raw. It's so raw. And that pocket. Just... Guitar. Yeah. Oh, this, this take me back. Oh. I'm gonna cry. I'm so emotional. <laughs> what? Hold on. Hold on. Keep it. Keep it going. Listen. Oh. Listen to how these vocals come in. Mm. Gorgeous. Hey, you're welcome, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my oh my goodness! And I'm then, gonna. And then there's to... like a there's a build to to oh, like that. Yeah. There's a the, dude. It's fucking crazy. It's like a story. Like that whole album is like a story. And the, it's just like beautiful poetry. Like mm-hmm. the lyrics are like everything is so raw. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird because, like, even when we would like cover the song, when we would cover Mad Season stuff or even Alice in Chain stuff, it, it just felt so naked. Like yeah. when I, because I would, I can sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when I would sing, so I was a fucking singer. Oh yeah. But I don't. I never wanted to be that douchebag who goes like, I can sing, even though <laughs> I've done it before on the podcast. But like, I can sing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I've done it before, right? But, uh, but it's just so. You just feel so naked when you're singing like those kind of lyrics that have that kind of power to bring tears to your eyes. It's like holy yeah. shit! Yeah, this dude just wrote that stuff. I know. Like it's, I think they, I think they recorded that whole album in like less than a month. Yeah, I'm. I think you're right. I think they wrote some. Of, I think Lane Staley like walked in and like wrote some of the songs, like the lyrics for some of the songs, just on the spot. Mm-hmm. Like he just over the course of a couple of days, just like all right, here we go. Yeah, that's. Um that's definitely one of my favorite bands for sure. <laughs> so it was uh what's his name? Barrett Martin? It was Barrett Martin, Lane Staley, um, Mark Lanigan, Mike McCready. They were all from uh different big bands out Yeah, at Screaming that time. Trees, yeah. uh Pearl Jam, Allison Chains, mm-hmm. and uh Dude, it was just fucking magic. And they had that one album. Yep. That one album. And yep. Dude, but Wake Up is just. Yep. That, yeah. was, that was a song. I remember it takes me back to, I used to work at Guitar Center and um, I, I if worked. If you were in a the, dude, you'd be the biggest bro. <laughs> I swear, dude. I worked, <laughs> I worked in the warehouse at Guitar wow. Center. Yeah. That's how bro I was. Um, that's bro <laughs> That's broy. That's with like all ne- the dudes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's but next level bro. But we used to bro-y. just like listen to Mad Season all the time while we were checking in guitars. We got we all of course got to see all the new guitars that came in first before anybody else. 
we unwrapped them, you know. <laughs> yeah, we like, displayed them. So what this was in what the early 2000s? Uh yeah, yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, so that's when like uh Paul Reed Smiths were like really coming into mm-hmm. their own. The, those yeah. PRSs were like yep. coming out with these beautiful, like super gorgeous oh my God. abalone inlay. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, dude, they're gorgeous, like crazy, crazy. Um, his beautiful guitars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got to see all that stuff. Um, I did work in accessories for a little while, and then, um, I got pissed off at <laughs> the customers. <laughs> because these these older dudes would come in and they would not let me help them because they wanted to talk to a guy. They <sighs> they would like and this happened almost every day and it wasn't like everybody it was always a middle-aged man like wanted to talk to another man and talk about just talk shop, you know, and oh, let me talk to him and I'm like, "Well, I'm free. I can help you right now." Um He's busy with another customer, so... I can wait. Oh, this one time? That's cool. Oh, my God. This one time was so great. It was like instant karma. Uh, This guy asked to be helped by one of my friends who worked there, Keith, and he... I So I stood there, and I'm like, well, I can help you. And he's like, no, I'll I'll wait for him. He didn't even know him. He's just like, oh, just wait for him. I want him to help me. He probably knows more about that stuff than you do. And I'm like, whatever. Uh, I get so pissed. uh, I walk away. And then Keith goes up to him. He's like, hey, man, how can I help you? And he's like, yeah, so I got this bass. And he's like, oh, I don't play bass. You're going to have to talk to Chelsea about that. Uh, (laughs) And I go up It's like somebody put a cigarette out. Good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Good, dude. It's like somebody put a cigarette out on his butthole yeah like just fucking it was awesome and then i i talked to him about because it was accessories so it was like what round wound strings compared to flat, flat strings yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was just you know i just told him what i knew and he i he ended up saying like oh sorry i didn't know and blah 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 but it pissed me off to the point where i talked to my managers and i was just like i don't know if i want to stay here because it just it's it's so sexist. Like it sucks, you know? And yeah, they're like real douchebag stuff. Yeah. They're like, how about we promote you and you just go back to the warehouse? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah. I was, that was my favorite part of the job was working in the warehouse and I got a raise. So <laughs> dig that. Yeah. It was cool. But, um, yeah, guitar center, mad season. Oh, it takes me back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are your top five bands? Oh, um, now, Right, right now. Like, yeah, like right now, like all, like, like all time. Like you just like when when these bands are on, I'm like locked in. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of the band Wolfpack? I have not. <laughs> Wolfpack. They are badass. Um, they have a pen. They're so like a there. funk jazz fusion band. Um, Birds of a Feather is a really good song. They are just amazing. Like they're one of my favorite bands and they, they never come to the West coast to play, but I did see them for my birthday like three years ago. How do you spell that? Uh, V U L F P E C K. Wolf. Oh, came in right away. Yes. Mara's on this shit. <laughs> Much time. Time. Washed away so, so many things. 
Was that Mellotron? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, sounds like <laughs> they it, right? got all the old school stuff. Yeah. See, I, I love like dropping that out. You know what that is? Yeah. So for those who don't know, a, a Mellotron was like a like an instrument that it was a, like a keyboard, but it had like analog like tape in it. Yeah. So when you would press the key, it was like a like the like a like an analog recording of the note that would be played. And it just had like this really warm, like beautiful mm-hmm. like and, sound. And you can warp it. You could warp it yeah. without and it wasn't yeah, it wasn't like you do it through Pro Tools, through like plugins or whatever. This was old school analog. Yeah, old yeah. school analog. You tape. can't get better than that. It was fucking cool. Like uh I always think about the I don't know if you remember the theme song from the show Taxi. Oh God! Uh. <laughs> okay, it's a look. It's an old reference, I know, yeah. but it's like it's one of those like beautiful like sounds mm-hmm. that comes through. It's just like so warm. I can't remember. I can't oh, remember. I think Mario might be pulling it up now. Look at <laughs> Mario with the magic thumbs. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was. Uh, it always makes me think of like um, like n- not going to school and eating chicken soup on a. <laughs> On like a rainy day. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, because I guess used to play like in reruns. But by the time I started watching it, it was already in reruns, so it'd come out. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. It played like eleven thirty in the morning mm-hmm. on a Tuesday or whatever, and I'd watch it. And the theme song always stuck with me because I'm like, how do they make those sounds? Because that's not a piano. Like I was a little kid. Like the Wurlitzer or yeah, the Wurlitzer, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All those things, the Fender Rhodes. Like they're all these different sounds. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty crazy. Dude, I, definitely. But um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fucking music nerd, dude. Like I love like textures. I love oh, oh, Mario. I think Mario's got something. Here we go. He's got something for us. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely the. M- yeah. Oh my god. You hear that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck, dude. That's awesome. If that's not some fucking cocaine and whiskey music, you know what I mean? It's a cocaine and cognac. That's like it's like Wolfpack. That's like their music. Like it's totally like this. Yeah. You should dude, check them out. Okay. Do you like Steely Dan? Yeah, I like Steely Dan. Dude, <laughs> fucking Steely Dan. Like Hey Nineteen. Like uh, that that whole album Pretzel Logic. Asia, those albums are fucking amazing, dude. Yeah. And um, there's a there's a new Chili Pepper song that came out that that uh, is in the new album. Uh, it's called "It's Only Natural," and dude, it reminds me so much of Steely Dan. Hmm. And it's like it's wild, like how Chad Smith like builds this pocket. He's playing like this, like this, like this jazz rhythm that's just kind of like it, it just builds this really big pocket. Like, listen to that. Listen to that. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's one of my favorite bass players. For oh, sure. dude, for sure. Yeah. But listen to that pocket. Yeah. The way it drops. <laughs> Dope. <sighs> this is the new Chili Peppers? Yeah, it's the new Chili Peppers album. Oh, man. It's I fucking amazing, it dude. I think that. <laughs> I think they're going to get all the Grammys, dude. It's yeah. that good. Yeah, it sounds really good. Dude, it's it's fucking amazing. And I, was, and I listened to it like 
you know, I have a, a process when I listen to music. Fucking Mario's been on hit today. What yeah, the fuck? Yeah, nice. Fuck, it's got to be the Japanese chips, dude. Yeah. These fucking <laughs> special fucking powers, dude. But uh, yeah, so I, I listen to an album. So I just kind of put it on, right? Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just like clean the house, right? Do whatever. And I just have it on in the background. I just kind of go, ooh, that's cool. What, what track is that? All right, cool, cool, cool. And then I go through and I put on headphones and I listen to it in the dark. Mm. and if i'm able to smoke a joint before you know if everyone's asleep <laughs> if everyone's asleep i'll smoke a joint and listen and it's like fucking like whoa nice. you know i just listen with the with the lights off or i'll yeah. cover my eyes and i'll just get like lost in the music that's um my my current band right now um my music project i, I boy indigo yeah boy indigo yeah, feel free to plug dude plug um, away <laughs> Plug away. Also, you have a restaurant, so don't forget the, the yeah. restaurant that's opening up, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so Boy Indigo is my new, well, my current project. We've been together for years, four years, three years or something like that. Um, but that's what I do when I listen to our music. It's it's totally the kind of music that you would listen to in the dark just to feel everything with your headphones on, like completely just wrap yourself around the music that we make and it's yeah what's your singer's name devon 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 whitaker yeah Yeah, he's a really good singer man he's amazing he's got like that soulful i call him the male version of sade yeah he's just like (laughs) he's got like this jazzy kind of soulful Mm -hmm. yeah like um like it's it it's a really cool voice that he has yeah so we're on spotify um and we have What's, uh, what's the, what's, what's your guys's, like, what's, what's your, what's the easiest access point for people to get into that? What song? Um, I would say, we, well, we have a music video, um, that I've, we just released it. fading in and out is one of our singles that we released with our music video. Um, and that's on YouTube. And then we're, we're also on Spotify, but we have, we have quite a few tracks on Spotify. It's usually where we keep track of everything. What's your um, favorite song? Boy, Boy Indigo. Indigo, yeah. What's your favorite track to listen to, or, oh, or to get people God. into it? Like, hey, listen to this. Um, <laughs> there's so many. We, yeah, this is fading it. Oh, this is a different song, but yes, this is one of our songs. Um, fading in and out is actually one of my favorites. That's why we, it was his favorite too. That's why we um, made it our single. <laughs> But yeah, this is, it's just very vibey with kind of a yes. mix of like, this is where I can express my, my playing. Like, this is what I've always dreamt of doing is just have f- like complete freedom of whatever I want to do as a bass player. And Devon just takes it and lets me do anything I want and kind of creates the song from like, it's just me and him. And then we have other musicians come in. We have writing sessions with like our keyboard player too, but usually it's just me and him in the studio. That's fucking and cool, man. He'll, I'll, he'll like make a cool drum beat with some Mellotron keys and I'll come in with the bass and then we'll just write the melody around it. And, and have a drummer come in. You guys just, mm-hmm. okay, let's go. We have uh programmed drums in his, um, studio and then but when we do like full recordings and stuff we'll have a drummer come in a real drummer come in but yeah a lot of it's just that's fucking cool man (laughs) but yeah um 
yeah, it's super dope. I have the ultimate freedom with him and this project. And it's just been, it's been one of my dreams to be in a band like this. And we have made some pretty amazing stuff. But like I said earlier, it's like, you can literally listen to all of our music like just in the dark with the headphones, like laying down and just kind of gonna, like vibing it. You know? I'm going to have to do that, dude. I'm going to have to do that. I haven't done that with your music yet. I've, I do it a lot. Like right before bed, I'll just listen. Cause it, a lot of stuff I haven't heard in a while and I'll go back to it and I'm just like, Oh my God, I forgot. Cause you know, it's, it's like the same thing with, with painting. Like when you like see you, an old painting, you're like, Oh, that was yeah, so cool. I yeah. forgot about that. Or you work so much on the song and you hear it every day and then, you know, you don't hear it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then just, like a year later you listen to it again. You're like, Oh my God, that. That's the one. That's the single. That's what we did with Fading In and Out. We had no idea that was going to be our single until like a year after we wrote it. We're like, that's the one. Why did why didn't we do, think that? <laughs> how long does it take you to like craft an album generally? Because how, um, well, how many albums do you have out now? We don't have any albums out. Are just all singles? We Yeah, we're just doing everything online right now. Um, we're doing just a small amount of music. We, we have like... 30 or 40 songs written. That's like two, maybe three albums. <laughs> but we only two albums and an EP at least. Yeah, but we only have like enough songs for an EP that are out because there's a lot of we we like to be ahead of the game and we we don't want to release too much because we we want to make sure we know what release what what we are releasing and we don't want to get people overwhelmed with the, all the music that we release at once. It's kind of a different way of approaching music through, you know, all the online platforms nowadays. It's like nobody does albums anymore. It's, it's EPs or singles or music videos, or it's just a different way of, te you know, with technology, we're just kind of going with it and kind of taking our time. And I, I'm kind of old school in that. Well, fuck, I'm 40, but Hey, I'm, I'm 35. <laughs> say, so so you remember cassettes. Yes, I remember cassettes. Remember and if the uh remember rewinding? Mm -hmm. Like remember when you had a Walkman and you used to get the pencil to rewind the thing and you'd spin it? Yeah. You'd spin you'd put the cassette. Twist it. <laughs> yeah, you put the pencil through the mm -hmm. through the cassette and you just spin it to rewind it. Yeah. Spin it just like a fucking weirdo in the back of class. I remember having a tape deck my brother picking me up from school and having a tape deck in his car and listening to, um, he, he loves hip hop. So he'd listen to underground hip hop all the time and like Wu Tang and. Oh, of course. <laughs> golden air. And that was like all like, I, I remember a lot of that was through his tape deck. Yeah. <laughs> back dude, in the day. But like an, an album, like the, the new chili peppers album for, for example, is like a piece of art. Mm hmm. Like I, 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 I listen to it and I'm a, I'm a fan and I love a lot of their, I love most of their stuff. Like I love most of their stuff. They're mm -hmm. probably my favorite band just because they're, there's, there's so, they do so many different things. Like from album to album, they're always different, but this album is so weird. It's like, it's like they on purpose made it like an, an art piece. Like they, they thought of it that way, like a piece of art. Mm -hmm. And when you listen to it from beginning to end it, there's a certain flow to it that's like oh like like this is the way it's supposed to flow mm -hmm. like it's it's, it's like, like i said story. yeah it's like a story and i feel like the uh 
dude, I'm telling you, I think they're going to win all the Grammys. That's awesome. I'm going to I think they're going to win all the Grammys, dude. Yeah, that's, because, that's amazing. Because uh, my favorite musician is John Frusciante. I say this all the time. Uh, he's a, their guitar player. And he sings all the harmonies. He, he arranges all the harmonies, the horns. He's like the sec, he's basically the second producer. Wow. So Rick Rubin is the producer. Mm-hmm. Right, but John Frusciante goes in and does like all the overdubs, does all the multi-tracking. He's the one who like arranges the vocals and all that shit. That's dope. So, you know, Aurora actually did send some music over to Rick Rubin a long time ago. Really? <laughs> yeah. And who's Aurora? That was my very first band I was in. Oh, yeah, I didn't know my that's all chick you haven't band. mentioned that. I, I did once, very briefly. Did you mention there was Aurora? I I'm going to listen back. I'm going to listen did. back and be like, Chelsea's full of shit. <laughs> she didn't say Aurora once. I said it once. This is the second time. Um, but yeah, we sent our stuff to Rick Rubin and he gave us some feedback on our stuff. Really? Yeah. He replied? <laughs> yeah. That's fucking cool, dude. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We were kids, you know, we're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, Rick Rubin is such an interesting producer because... Like all of his albums sound different. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he worked with Adele. Yeah. Like all the Chili Peppers albums. He did the first Audio Slave album. Remember mm-hmm. Audio Slave? Yeah, I remember Audio Slave. Dude, <laughs> that that's the first Audio Slave album is one of my favorite albums. Yeah. Like from front to back, that album is fucking crazy. Yeah, Audio Slave's pretty dope. And the the best part about it was. Like the band was about to break up because Chris Cornell had to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. So they weren't able to finish the album. So what Rick Rubin did was he got all of the tracks that they had recorded. And he just kind of made like a Frankenstein out of everything. What? And That's cool. yeah, they had that. they had like the bare bones of everything and how they kind of wanted to do it. And Rick Rubin just said, OK, well, Chris got to go to rehab. Wow. And he just got together with the band and said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Cool. And he kind of pieced that whole thing together. Wow. That's that's Yeah, and that album sounds huge. When you listen to it, it sounds so big. You ever like have those albums that like you'll you'll be listening to a song like say on Spotify, whatever, and it's like cool, cool, cool. And then like another song comes on and the song sounds louder for some reason. It's like, but it's not, but it sounds louder. It just sounds bigger. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much space. Like um I think of Music is like taking up actual space. Mm-hmm. So like the bass being down low, like a like a bass sax being like below. Oh yeah, below. if it's you've like, ever like mixed music, it's exactly like that. You have to put it in its own space in order for it to. It's like it's like a magical thing on how to mix music. Yeah, it, it has it's to be like exactly. in a space, like whether where it's panned, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. and like I, I listened to that album, and I'm like. This is crazy because there's not a lot of tracks on it, but it sounds huge. And it's like, what the fuck? And you just kind of, it's just all about placement mm-hmm. and then the effect yeah. and everything that's like how it sits in, in the mix. I'm like, this is. And once you get it right in that pocket, it's like, what did I do? Yeah. How is it sounding like this all of a sudden? It's like you just, it's like a, it's like a puzzle. Or yes. Tetris. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. And um, I forgot who it was, but they were talking about, I used to read guitar player all the time. I'd listen to band, I'd read about bands and how they arrange music. And I remember they were talking about how 
the the bass player was going up and playing higher notes. Mm-hmm. So they just instinctively went lower on the guitar neck oh, to, play, to open up that so sound. Smart. You know, yeah. like for, for musicians like that, that listen to this, like think about music as like taking up 3D space. Yep. So like the high notes are up high, the low notes are down low. Yep. And then the mid range is the mid range and there's, you know, that's everything in between. So like instinctively looking for space. Like I, I play guitar too. I play guitar. I can play a little bit of bass, but I'm mostly a guitar player. And I have this weird knack where I can listen to a song and go, oh, this is what it needs. Mm-hmm. And go, like, hear that? Hear that? And it's like, oh, fuck. Or I could point out a song that's like super fucking catchy and point out the part that makes it catchy. Like, see that? Hear that? That makes the whole fucking song. And if you pull that out, the song's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But it's one of those things that's kind of like most people go, oh, I didn't even know that was that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're a true musician. I I don't know. See that. You I, can like see what you hear. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what I do. Like yeah. when uh, I remember I was really, really high one time <laughs> and I was listening to. Uh, that's the best time. Uh, yeah, dude. And I was listening to a song <laughs> and like all of a sudden, like I heard. I saw the guitar player playing the music and I saw like, uh, it was Stone Temple Pilots, you know, the DeLeo brothers are fucking wizards. Yeah. And it was the lead for, um, tripping on a hole in a paper heart. I was obsessed with STP and the, yeah, their, their melodies were just... It was unreal. It was just like, it was so unique. Uh, It was so rock and roll. Like they got thrown in with the grunge like bands and stuff. Right, but it was so unique. That's why they like, you know, they went where they went because it was just, it wasn't the same. All their albums are different. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny Music is like a fucking jam, dude. Mm -hmm. It has uh, Big Bang Baby. Mm -hmm. It has uh, Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart. It has uh, Lady Picture Show. It's got so many fucking jams, dude. That I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And it's just such a beautiful album. Yeah. And and it always strikes me like when a band hits like a special place when like you're listening to it and you're like, how did you guys do that? <laughs> yeah. And I remember like seeing like flowers and fire coming out of the guitar in my mind. Oh, wow. I was like flowers and fire. I'm like, how did you do that? Like, that's fucking beautiful, dude. Well, it's like, I I know how they did it, but it's, it's so hard. It's rare to find because it's like when you connect with other musicians in a specific way, magic happens. And I've witnessed it before in my life of being a musician and playing with other musicians where there's nothing or there's a spark or there's just complete like another realm of I don't even know like it's just of creativity you know and like anything can happen in there and when you can record that you can get that into sound you can share it with other people and they feel the same thing it's like that is 
that is magic. That is the magic. And if it's, it all, it all has to do with the members in that band and having and that you, connection and that you they really had. can't create that with anybody else. No, you can't recreate it. That's the magic of it. Dude. So <laughs> when I was in the band in prison for 10 years, thereabouts about 10 years. And there's a host of guitar players, bass players, singers, all that. Mm-hmm. But there was like four musicians all together that I just really fucking connected with. Yeah. And it was just like this revolving like cast. But there was four musicians and we all were in the band at the same time. Wow. And yeah. we, dude, we crushed some shows, dude. Crushed them. Crushed them. Yeah. And that's... one of them was my buddy Lonnie. Yeah. I fucking love that dude. And the other one's my buddy Fish. And I think me and uh, Pigfish, who he passed away, um, I think it was the easiest. It was the easiest time I ever had playing with anyone because we never had to talk. Yeah. I was just going to say that I you never, communicate through music. Yeah. I never had to say, what key are you in? Mm-hmm. Like, or, or like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It was just, I would just find it. Yeah. It was weird. It was like, we would just find it. That's the magic. That's, That's the, magic. the magic. And me and Lonnie have a very similar thing, but Lonnie plays in a lot of time signatures that are, that are like very, um, like he plays like in like a fucking seven, eight or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. whoa, wait, what? And then it's like. Like, oh, it's like Radiohead or Tool or something like that. <laughs> and and it's like disguised. It's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. How does that? How does that? How does that? And then you got to kind of find your place. You know? Yeah. I find myself thinking about it and I couldn't get it. And then when I just start playing, then it would happen. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, that's where it is. And we'd look at each other and be like, oh, then we're like in the pocket. Yeah. And then you don't have to communicate. Yeah. But it would, exactly. it would take a, it would take a minute. But with, with me and Fish, it was like, um, it was just like, boom. Maybe it was a similar skill level because Lonnie's like a fucking... I do like a guitar wizard. He's just a like fucking savant dude. <laughs> so he learned to play like Led Zeppelin songs. Wow. You know, in alternate tunings by ear. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I and tried like, to wait. learn the lemon song on bass and I gave up. I, I, <laughs> I got like a minute and a half into, I mean, have you heard the bass player? John Paul Jones, John Paul play, Jones? The, play uh, that song Lemon Song. Oh my God, it's crazy! I was like, I'm gonna do it. And I did. I was able to do it for a minute and a half, and I'm I'm just like, okay. I and then after that, it's just soloing and like yeah, all over the place. So it's kind of you just go on a whim after that. But so imagine my boy is like 13, grounded. He said he learned to play guitar because he was always grounded. <laughs> And he had a guitar, so he just would like rewind a tape and wow. tune his guitar till it sounded right. Wow. Yeah, dude. He's, so he's that kind of musician. That way, he's totally a savant. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm telling you, man. He's it's like magic watching. Like he, we would give him. Everyone on the yard would give him like CDs because he was like in eight bands. Mm. He was in all the bands. It was crazy. But they'd all give him the CDs, be like, hey, learn this song, learn this song. The next day he'd come out, he'd have the song. He'd have the bass part, he'd have the guitar part. And he'd be like, all right, look at this. And they're doing something like this on the keyboard. And he'd show the keyboard guy, like, it's something like this. Fucking crazy, (laughs) crazy. dude. Fucking crazy. And if the drummer fucks up, he'd be like, ah, the drummer's off. (laughs) Wow. Dude. And he's like the most humble dude. 
And he's like, oh, dude, you're doing great. I'm like, no, I fucking suck. <laughs> I fucking suck. You're doing great, dude. And he'd be like, oh, no, nah, you got it, man. He's like, he's like the fucking nicest dude, man. I fucking love that dude. That's how it is with Devon and I. Um, we'll literally, like, he'll just be like, hey, you want to come over and write a song? Because he has a studio at his house. And I'll just come in and literally never hear anything he wrote. And then he'll just play it and be like, okay. Let's record. I'm like, all right. And, and I'll you just know I'll just jam what you're with it. I'll jam with it maybe like two or three times and then he'll listen. And then it's always like this. It's like I'll just like play a riff, stop, play a different riff, stop, play a riff. Okay, that's the one. That's the one. All right. We're gonna record that right now. Like like super quick, like just Everything that I played, he loves, but then like the next thing he loves even more. And then the next thing he loves even more. And then we'll just pick our favorite and then boom, songs written in like three hours and recorded. <laughs> it's like, it's unreal. Like I've never. But that's where, that's where the magic happens. Like yeah. When- and I've, I've been in with, you know, I've, I've played with a lot of musicians and I've definitely had a lot of cool experiences, but I've always just wanted to do that and i've never been able to sit down and just play play and, record, and have it work be done have it work be like have it be something super dope and easy and not like okay band practice for three days a week every week and like, like we uh, don't even like yeah of course we're gonna when we play live we're gonna start rehearsing and stuff but like right now we're just like you know we're it's in the fuck around we're, we have happens. our busy lives and you know he has a wife and kids and you know he's busy i'm just all over the place doing a million things and so when we get together yeah because you do like pop-ups like in socal dude <laughs> yes i do yeah. i have <laughs> yeah you're a crazy person i do have one coming up in september too where i'm at? excited about um i don't know i think it's called the Ontario Center or something like that. It's in LA and it's a Disney Star Wars Marvel Con. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking gangster, dude. I'm so excited. That's like all the shit I love. I know, me too. Dude, <laughs> how'd you see you for Kenobi? What? For the Kenobi show. Oh, the Kenobi show. Yeah, the the Obi-Wan Kenobi of fucking show that's coming on on uh disney plus what there's an obi-wan kenobi one i I just saw the the um mandalorian well yeah i've seen the mandalorian and then there's boba fett right book of boba fett yeah book of boba uh may 29th no yes dude no is it is it ewan mcgregor's coming (gasps) back as obi-wan and hayden christensen is coming back as anakin and uh, Darth Vader because they're going to do like flashbacks oh my to God. the Clone Wars. What? I'm so excited. <laughs> May 27th. Wow. I heard I heard things like a, a year ago or I think, I think it was right when Mandalorian came out so a couple of two years ago or so. Um, but what? Yes. May 27th? May oh, 27th, I'm so dude. Also, dude, I'm so juiced. I'm so juiced. That's amazing. And then uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Multiverse of Madness. I can't wait. Yeah. That one's going to be dope. Yeah. Because he's stuck in the multiverse right now, right? It 
it seems like he was trying to hold everything together. And then at the end of, what the, was it? Uh, the new Spider-Man. Yeah, the new Spider-Man movie, uh, No Way Home. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he went to go visit Wanda Maximoff. <gasps> the Scarlet That's Witch. right. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, dude. Yes. You saw the Wanda show? Did I? <laughs> dude, every week, every I week I was watching, I was like, oh, show. it was, it was so, so fun. fun. And it was so dark. It was so it got creepy so dark and at the weird. End. Yeah, but uh, it was so good. It was dude, so good. It was so good. It was like campy mm-hmm. and like, and, but engaging. It was. It's like when I first saw it, I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't understand it. I didn't understand it because like the first episode, it's like, it's like a TV show. You know, you you think it's like a black and white TV show. Yeah. And it's like based out of the fifties and it's like, yeah. Like I love Lucy or Dick Van Dyke. It's yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you started realizing spoiler alert that she's, you know, doing this all in her head and she's controlling this whole entire part of this town and making and brainwashing everybody with her, powers i was like it was unreal it was so cool um so yeah i'm super excited about that all those things dude um uh i've been watching the clone wars like so if you go on disney plus you can there's a section where you can get like the like the essential clone wars episodes yeah so um, there's seven seasons all together but you can you can go through uh there and it's like curated for like the most like what is the most important parts. Okay. So there's like maybe thirty episodes. Oh wow. Of all those seasons, they just pick from all the seasons, and those all tie into all the shows that are coming out now. Yeah, it's and, like it and the creates movies. the timeline for everything. Yeah, right? yeah, and mm-hmm. the other ones are just kind of like tangents. Yeah, they're like tangential and tangential, tangential. Am I saying that Tan- right? tangential or is it tangential i I think it's tangential i'm not sure how to say it i don't know but i've read it a bunch of times i just haven't said it a lot but it's a it's a tangent it kind of goes off and Mm -hmm. i I always like that about them like is it tangible no it's tangent tan oh because it's tangent not tangible oh my god see see what we're doing (laughs) now i got you caught up is it it tangential or tangential it's tangential right like when you go off on a tangent? Tangent. Tangent. It would be tangential. Tangential. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, like I like how I'm asking the guy whose first language is not English. <laughs> that means I just know more of other languages. See? True. But it, yeah, true. Dude, I'm fucking, you know, my first language is English. I don't fucking know. <coughs> tangential. See, okay. Fucking, All right. been on it tonight, bro. You've been on your shit all night. Well, um, you know. Well, anyways, uh, back to the con that I'm doing in September. Yes. So I am doing a collab uh, art pieces with a couple of my fellow artists down in LA. And so one of my buddies, Rob, he does uh, laser stencil work. And so he's going to create a stencil for my canvases that I'm going to be doing. And we're going to do a collaboration there because I love incorporating stencil and spray paint into my paintings. And so he knows that. And so he's like, dude, I can make you a full on like 18 by 24 stencil, like full blown stencil and have and he can create all of it and cut it 
and then send it to me. And so we're going to do one for Jessica Jones. Uh, Je- I, was, I was talking about the, I didn't the mean to chips, catch you off, yeah. but the chips are the fucking chips, amazing. So Mario came and snagged one and I'm like, fucking amazing. But, um, amazing. So yeah, so we're going to do a collab for Jessica Jones, which is one of my faves. Um, and then we're going to do that show's so good. It's also on Disney plus. So Disney plus now owns the rights. Disney now owns the rights to all the Netflix series. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. When they bought them, they, they made them, uh, I think the, that Netflix told them you guys can't do anything with the characters for like three years or something. Yeah. They have a bunch of adult shows on Disney now too. Yes. Which it's I'm like, a big fan of. Uh, yeah. I'm the like, Punisher? I'm into it. Yeah. Did you like, see this, Daredevil? This shit is when, crazy. Did you see the Punisher episode of Daredevil? Mm-mm. When the Punisher goes to, to the county jail? No. And they, and they try to kill him in the county jail? No. Spoiler I alert. <laughs> it doesn't work. Oh man. It's kind of the reverse. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Disney is out of control. But it's cool. I'm into it because I have Disney Plus. So, and and you're going to the con. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna do Jessica Jones. Are you gonna, are you gonna cosplay? I'm uh, maybe. You should cosplay. I think dude. I'm gonna be Jessica Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need what? A leather jacket, some slouchy boots, some jeans. Doc Martens leather, leather jacket, jacket, tight pants, and like her boots. Drunk. Like she, she wears like <laughs> she wears like boots, boots, but they're like kind of like slouchy. Yeah. Like pull on boots. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look, I, I have the, I have the action <laughs> figure at the house and I'm like, ah, Jessica Jones, but yeah, it's, not, it's not true to comics, but it's like, it's true to the live action character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was talking to them about dressing up cause we're, we're getting a booth together. Um, so I think we're going to all dress up. I'm still trying to figure it out, but we're going to do, um, Jessica Jones, uh, Grogu. Mandalorian and the Mad Hatter. So those are four pieces that I'm going to be doing, collaborating with my, That's my fucking cool. a stencil artist friend. Yeah. So he's going to make the stencils, mail them to me, and I'm going to make the, the canvases and paint them. <laughs> so what's like, how do you usually go? You don't have to divulge all your secrets, <laughs> but what's your, what's your process like for creating a painting? Do you have to like be... Like in painting mode um, or do you just need a deadline? Cause you know, yeah, if I didn't have a deadline, I'd probably not finish anything. It's really hard. It's really hard yeah. for me. Um, I, I can finish commissions, no problem. But when it comes to like my own art, like I'll put it aside and work on a commission, you know? Yeah. Um, but as far as these ones are concerned, I'm super excited about these ones coming up. I've never done a series before, so this is really exciting. And I I think I might display them in Sacramento um, at my friend's brewery. They're doing a grand opening in like a month. Um, what and they want to. Uh, <laughs> um, let me see if I can find it. I can't remember the name of it. We're, we're supposed to have a meeting tomorrow, so I'm going to have all this information tomorrow. But I was supposed to do a mural at the brewery, but um, they ended up opening it. But they're they're going to plan on opening it before they can get someone to come in to spray paint. And it's, it's too crazy to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, so she wants me to bring my art in, and I was thinking about bringing the series in. 
Uh, Just for, to fill the space. To fill the space and have it up for a couple months before I bring it down to LA. And um, there it is. Mindscape Fermentations. That's her company. Is it the kombucha place? Um, yes. Yeah, it uh, is a kombucha. Brewery. It's hard kombucha? Hard kombucha, yeah. And where's it going to be? Where, where are they opening? It's in Rockland. Uh 5424 Crossings Drive, Suite 105 in Rockland, California. Thank you. <laughs> um, Anytime there's fermented drink, Mario's on board. So it's uh, hard like, kombucha, craft beer, and fermented foods as well. Ooh, yeah. Kimchi. And what else is fermented? Um, lots of things. Kimchi and... I think they're going to be doing like pickled vegetables and stuff like that too. Nice. Yeah. You know, you know what's really good? Uh, you know the Chinese sausage? The lap chong? No. You never had Chinese sausage? Well, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, well, Chinese <laughs> sausage. Well, that explains it. So Chinese sausage, uh, when you mix it with uh, pickled vegetables or, or like kimchi, like fermented vegetables, mm-hmm. that sourness against the sweetness of the sausage is uh-huh. fucking everything dude okay that's like great. pickled uh mustard greens anything like that dude mm-hmm. it's just just so good you eat them together and you're like why mm-hmm. with some plain white rice like, the fusion of tastes oh god it's so <laughs> Taste good buds having a party so i used to <laughs> i used to live with asians in uh in prison i had some asian bunkies mm-hmm. and asian friends and they'd cook and you know in there it's kind of a like competition like who's the best cook Oh, like every cool. time, every time you cook, you got to bring your A game. Cause everyone's gonna be like, man, you're, this food's fucking terrible, bro. The fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? They talk shit. So you got to have your fucking game on. Mm-hmm. So everybody goes all out trying to make the best food. So Chinese sausage, okay. same shit they sell in out here. They have in there, but it costs an arm and a leg, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, you order it, you know, you have your family you get it for you in a package You get it fucking fry that shit up and they sell mustard greens sell kimchi nice things like that this, this is like the first times i i've had those things uh-huh and to have friends like with oyster sauce like hey man want some oyster sauce some hoisin sauce i'm like well, i don't know what either of those things are hoisin yeah hoisin? some hoisin sauce oh yeah i know, man. I know that yeah <laughs> fucking that so good sauce. <laughs> yeah it's like uh it's made out of uh sweet potatoes mm-hmm. super good super, super good. good you put on a piece of chicken Get about. I mean, you're a vegetarian. You put on a piece of celery. Holy <laughs> shit! Some barbecued celery. Because <laughs> that's all I eat. <laughs> We're fucking going for barbecued it, celery <laughs> with hoisin sauce. That I mean, is. it's a fuck. It seems like a staple. Like what? What else? What? What do you got to eat? Well, aside from uh, celery and hoisin sauce. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, vegans and vegetarians. Oh yeah, your friend's restaurant. Tell me more. Well, it's a food truck. It's a, it's a food truck. And you're yeah. in on this, right? Yep. She's my partner. Yeah. So um, this has been a dream of mine and hers for years. I've always wanted to do a food truck. She always wanted to do a vegan food truck. I turned vegan vegetarian about seven or eight years ago. Um, and she just got the truck. 
<laughs> she just got the truck. So it's called Vegan Circus. And so what it's going to be is just a bunch of vegan comfort foods that you can't find that are vegan. You know, like. For instance. Um, corn dogs. Yeah. Corn dogs is one of them. Like um, any foods that you'd find at a carnival event or like a circus or something. So like kettle corn, um, cotton candy, uh, funnel cakes. I mean, we're, we're gonna, it's, it's brand new. So we're still trying to make the menu, but we have an idea of what we want to do. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to be in Sacramento, Nevada city and Auburn and I think grass Valley. Um, and we're trying to launch it in July, August. Yeah. Very nice. So she just got the truck where it's literally me and her and we're going to install everything. We're getting all of our permits We're we're getting everything taken care of so we can start doing some events out in the area. Dude, that's California. rad. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, look, I, I I've think there's going to be like chicken sandwiches. I've too. had some, I've had some vegan food that is terrible dude <laughs> and i've had some that is really fucking good i had some hippie yeah, neighbors when i used to live down the street the here when i lived here down the street mm -hmm. like i had some neighbors and they're fucking amazing dude they're like the sweetest girls and they like invite me to all the parties they'd be like hey we're having a party you want to come over be like yeah dude let's fucking go and i go over there and they made their own kombucha so i go over there i'm like hey what's in here and they're like oh that's our kombucha starter i'm like all right cool and i'm like hey you want some vegan cheese i'm like what the fuck is you know what i mean i'm not gonna be rude but i'm like, like what what's the fuck in is it vegan cheese and i ate it like with some i guess vegan cracker and i was like it's 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 like any other cheese you haven't eaten before it's it all like, about the spices yeah it, it tastes like other cheeses you haven't eaten before you know how you're like yeah. what is that camembert what the fuck is that camembert <laughs> You know, and then you eat it, you're like, ooh, camembert. Hey, camembert? <laughs> it's it's kind of like that, yeah. right? So it, it was. So I can make a bomb ass nacho cheese sauce that you would pour on nachos or whatever. Or, oh, or that like I pour in your on tacos a hot dog. or in your hot dog or whatever. And it's literally made out of vegetables and spices. And you blend it together and it creates that liquefied cheese sauce. Well, uh, yeah. So I'm going to have mean, to drop by the food truck. Yeah, this is, this is just the beginning of like this amazing menu that we're well, look you're make. an artist so i know that if if it sucks you're not going to put it out true true i know that Very so true. I, I know if you say hey dude this is good i'll be like all right let's give it a shot <laughs> well good i'm glad yeah, i am yeah. an artist and food is very much an art and food dude being I, a being a chef i've had uh tacos 916 on here because those yeah. those fuckers are oh, artists they're good they're good they're fucking artists I dude love them. yes i remember them at third eye gallery oh yeah yeah they are they actually were also at an art show i did that actually was a different event coordinator it was like an underground rave that I painted live at. Nice. And they were there. I was like, what's up, Tacos? And they're like, hey, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shout out to Emilio. That fucking dude is awesome. Yeah. Every time I see him, he's like, hey, man, you want a shot? I'm like, ah. I'm <laughs> sure. like, I got the kids. I want a taco first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. But the line for tacos is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're because really they're good. Because their fucking tacos are stupid good. They're so good. Mm -hmm. But um, so... The website for the food truck is www.vegan-circus.com, and we're going to have our menu items up there. It's brand new, so there's only one right now, but we're going to be making the menu in the next month or so, 
And yeah, we're going to be putting everything up there. Um, we're taking donations too, to help us out We're it's just me and my friend Drea and we're just, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make our dreams come true and that's what you do. That's go you- out there in our food truck and see what fucking happens. Dude, that's, you got to do that shit. And you know, there's no vegan comfort food. It's really hard. And be, vegans are, um, a lot of people are vegans or a lot of people are coming out like that want vegan options, you know, or just healthier options, you know, cause there's a lot of fast food out there that's not super healthy for you. But then all of a sudden it's kind of hopping right now where there's a lot of fast foods that are coming out that are healthy and they taste good. So that's kind of what we're, we want to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, I had a, <laughs> we went to this one place, um, me and Vicky went and I'm not going to say what place it was, but they're like, Hi, uh, would you like something uh, from the whatever? Because we were ordering some coffee. I'm like, oh, would you like something from the thing? And Vicky's like, ooh, uh, what about the donuts? And she's like, oh, those are vegan donuts. <laughs> or like, I'm like, are they any good? And she's like, yeah, they're good. No, they're really good. They're really good. <laughs> and I go, uh, and Vicky's like, yeah, let's try them. I go, all right, dude. I gave them to my kid. Yeah. And he fucking threw them on the ground. Yeah. When your kid won't eat the fucking... <laughs> Also, I've had vegan ice cream. And like I said, I've had vegan ice cream before and it's fucking good. Mm-hmm. I had vegan ice cream at this place at a is a different place. This was not good. Yeah. The barometer was fucking uh my kid. He's like, I don't want this. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. And and here's the thing. I think people, it's the same shit. If something's like popular, people make shitty versions of it. Yeah. And just try to say, oh, it's this. Exactly. Like, hey, it's, it's this. It's and super it's like, important for those things to taste like you're not eating something vegan. Like that's what's so important and, and, about it. And I don't mind if I'm eating something vegan, right? I'm like, okay, I'm I'm open to something, but it's got to be fucking good. Yeah, it's got. So I know. Taste look, at, I know if you say it's good, I'll fuck with it. So like, let's go. On my, it was like my 31st birthday. I had a party and I made. Um, jackfruit like marinated jackfruit tacos and burritos yeah yeah the chicken the chicken the the, yeah so it looks like spice it like chicken it looks like pulled pork or like shredded chicken yeah and i marinated it for like two days in like this jamaican jerk spice that i made and i made homemade mango salsa and like all these like vegetables with it and then my brother's girlfriend bought chicken for everyone to like eat off that because I was just making vegetarian food or vegan food and nobody ate the chicken. Nobody ate the chicken. This is what I mean. loved my jackfruit burritos and tacos. And everyone's like, this is vegan, like freaking out. And I'm like, man, I must be like onto something here. Dude. Well, (laughs) like I said, especially somebody who's like a multidisciplined artist. Like when you when you find the art in one thing and you find it in another, you find it everywhere. Yeah. So I so anything that you stamp as good, I'll fuck with. <laughs> All right. Like for for real, dude. Thank like, you. Well, well, it's not just because you're my friend. It's because like you have a track record. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you were a stranger, I'd be like, well, what has she done? Like, well, this is, I'm like, okay, we'll her paintings see. are cool. We'll oh, her music's cool. <laughs> like, well, that's uh, her food's probably good too. Because I'm a good cook. 
Awesome. I'm well, a decent musician. Then I'll have I'm to impress artist. you. I, I will have to impress you. Dude, and I'll fucking shout that shit out. Just <laughs> Thank make you. sure you DM me okay. when, when it's happening. I I'll, will. I'll shout you out on all the medias. I will. All the socials. Thank you. It's going to be great. And it, this is just, this just came to fruition just like maybe two weeks ago we started talking about. That's when Drea told me that she's like, I bought the food truck. I'm like, no fucking way. And she's like, yes, fucking way. She's like, we're doing it. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. And so I'm. I, I I just got an actual job the first time in like two years since the pandemic. Um, I've been just hustling with my art business, but it's been kind of slow. So I got a job and I feel really bad because I'm going to leave the job. <laughs> hey, dude, look, I, I tell I people this go all for the my time. Dreams. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, dude, there's there's no shortage of shitty jobs. Yeah. There's no shortage of shitty jobs and there's no shortage of okay jobs either. I like I like the people I work with and it's going to be hard for me because it's been a while and they really love me there and they want to promote me but it's it's, it's just look, it's I not, have it's to not follow my dreams. You have to, dude. And you fucking have to. How what are the odds of me finally getting into food into a food business literally a month before my friend calls me and say I just got my food handling certification done. And my friend's like, I need you for our food truck. Like, what are the odds? Like, Dude, that's that's the, straight the, up. When when it when you're supposed to do it, the odds are really good. Yeah. It's like I've been I've been yeah. waiting for this and I've been training for this, you know? Like I'm ready. I have my my food handler certification. I've been working with chefs. I also know chefs now that I can ask to help us when we need help on the food truck. Like, it, this is all just like serendipitous, kind of, you know? Well, it's like the it's universe like it, is kind of funneling you towards something. I'd never, I, I don't think there is such thing as a coincidence. I think it's more of like, you're just you're on the right path, you know. You you took that right path, and you, you're now all of a sudden these things are just gonna start coming, you know. And like, if you just keep your mind open and you you just keep go keep moving on and keep going, then yeah, it's kind of like a loose framework, right? Yeah, you got to be like, okay, this is my vision, and then somehow it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, if I just keep walking toward this, the pieces are going to show up. They're just going to be like, the, the pieces here they show come, up. Here dude. they come. Here they come. It's just crazy. It's so crazy. Well, here, here's the thing about shitty jobs. Mario taught me this, and I, and I, and I say this all the time now. Kind of stole it. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I stole it from, from Mario. He said, I'm a great worker, but I'm a shitty employee. Meaning when the job is, you know, when I'm on the job and it's, it's gotta be done, I'm gonna do that shit. Yeah. But when it's time to fucking go, I gotta fucking go. Fuck yeah. this, fuck this job. Yep. Hey, I you 100% know? agree. Yeah. Um, so feel free. And then just, you know, like, yeah, I stole it from Philip. He stole <laughs> it from Mario. <laughs> and I'm, I know that they're going to understand when I tell them, like, I don't, I definitely don't want any of them to hear this podcast because. <laughs> I haven't told anybody, but it's literally. Well, you got a week. Yeah. You got a week. And, you know. Yeah. I've been slapping a lot of stickers around on <laughs> So they might be like, oh, let me see. I told, I had to, I've been working late like every day because it's just that kind of job. And I told him I have to leave on time today. 
And they're like, oh, why? Yeah, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm going on a podcast. And they're like, what's the podcast? We're going to listen. And I'm like, I'll let you know. <laughs> you're like, I'm quitting. See you later. <laughs> but they're going to understand, like, when I let them know. Like, I've definitely been there and I've helped them out so much. I'm like, they they definitely want me to stay, but they'll understand that I, I just have to follow my dreams, you know? Well, you know, it, it's one of those things where... If you're doing your best at a job and it's time for you to go, people are usually pretty happy for you to like move on to your next leg of your journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you fucking, (laughs) what was it? uh, Half-baked? He's like, fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. You're cool. (laughs) Fuck Fuck you. you. I'm out. Who's coming with me? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) If you pull one of those, that's a little different. But when you do your best and you're just like, hey, I got to move on to the next leg of this journey. Yeah. Like the people are usually really, really and it was cool a huge that. stepping stone. This job was a huge stepping stone onto my next your food truck. Yeah, my next journey in my life. So. Dude, listen, when you get the food truck up and running, message me, mm-hmm. and we'll come out to one of whatever event you're doing. Okay, me and Vicky will fucking we'll make the trick. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll get and the kids out of the house. We'll we're gonna go. we're gonna do Sacramento events. We're gonna and, do all the vegan events. And and. I'll have you guys on the podcast. Both of you. Oh, that'd be awesome. Drea yeah. is like my soul sister. She's so so let me know. She's dude. like an even bigger hippie. <laughs> she's got dreadlocks past her butt. Like nice. she's dope. She's- yeah, you kind of give up on the dreadlocks. Once, <laughs> you know, you it's like you're you're almost letting it lock up and then you're like, hey, I'm gonna comb it. Yeah. I'm like no, I'm gonna comb it. She's going on, I don't even know, 10 years now. I Holy think? shit. Yeah. Yeah, she's badass. Um, yeah, I've met dudes who like from the islands who have like, like you know the like the one big dread. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. flat dread. Yeah, the flat long one. Yes, <laughs> and that shit smells like herbs and berries. Hers are very nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, she grooms hers. No, but there's like, a whole strategy on how to groom the dreadlocks to make them look nice. Yeah, and so that they smell nice. Yeah, and all, all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a point of pride. Mm-hmm. It's a point of pride. Like, hey, well, it's, it's um, like the religion of dreadlocks is the culture of it is it's 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 Holly Selassie and yeah, it's, yeah it yeah. is a religion. It's like you know you all every lock that you have is a different journey in your life or it's, it's it's a story and to be told you know and it's it's stuff that you have let go you know and and that you uh, yeah it's like a, it's like a story in every in every lock <laughs> yeah and the like because like some people you know they get like the designer dreads right <laughs> where they individually twist each one right, right which is cool and it's kind of a fashion thing yeah right? yeah and uh that that's been popular for for what, 20 years now yeah but the old school like guys from the island it means a lot it means it's a their lot whole life in their hair you know and that's well, just like a the, different the story way. goes with with uh holly selassie right was mm-hmm. like he was a prophet and it hadn't rained in like five years or something on the island. And when he stepped foot on the island, it started raining. Wow. And he was like the prophet to the people and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, uh, and he, you know, he taught like this thing about going back to the earth and, you know, about God and how man is like divine by nature and all this stuff. And it was, it's, it's a really cool religion. Mm-hmm. 
And that was one of the cool things about prison. Like you learn about other religions. Yeah. And you start learning like, oh, it's all the same. Like it's it's different. And, yeah. It's I different. Agree. I but like it's all the, but it's all the same. It's like, oh, you're just trying to do your best. Like at, yeah. at their worst, they're all the worst. But right. at their best, they're all trying to do their best. It's all it all comes down to one thing, and that's love. Yeah. It's that is the religion of every religion. It's, it's the root kindness. of every religion. It's yeah. like to always do good and love everyone and everything. And I, I believe in a lot of religions because they all have a very similar message. Yet it might be a different prophet or it might be a different story, but it's all the same message. And that's what's most important, you know, is to I, I just finding in whatever culture you're in is finding that road to positivity and to love everything unconditionally. I like that, dude. <laughs> I like that. I was born and raised Christian, and there's nothing. I'm not against in like Christianity or anything, but I just I kind of rooted off of that, and I started discovering other religions and other cultures and and the technology that started coming into you know easier way of figuring things out with like getting the internet and like finding out about you know what's going on, on the other side of the world and stuff like you just start learning yeah. about a bunch of different things and well, it's interesting because like the reason we grew up christian right with the christian faith is because we were born in a christian country yeah exactly to christian parents yeah and that's Fine. And that's and that's cool because that's how we access God. Yeah. Right. And I and I look okay, at I've I've had some miracles happen in my life that it's like, dude, there's no coincidence. Right. You know I, I mean? there's no feel coincidence. you on that. I've had it. Mm -hmm. And you know, and the things that I've asked for, you know, I you know, I believe in Jesus. And it's it's worked out when I prayed in Jesus' name. It's it's worked out. Mm -hmm. But I've had Muslim friends that have prayed and things have worked out for them. Mm -hmm. And I go, well. Am I going to sit here and be like, well, I'm right and you're just lucky? Right. You know what I mean? I, there's, like, I don't. Like, there's when no I know way this, to justify yeah, anything. Dude, it's, just, it's, just, it's just claiming yourself as correct and everyone else is errant. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just all pride. Yeah. You know, and I just kind of go, hey, man, if you're good, you're good. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're a good dude, you're a good dude. I don't care what you believe in. it. How do you treat the yeah. people? The, the best indication of somebody I think as a person is how do you treat people you don't like? True. Cause it's easy to be cool when, when you love every, when you that love the people so you love, true. you love the people you love. Right. But how do you deal with the people you don't like? Yeah, that is so true. You know what I mean? Like I'm, that like, shows your rawness right there. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes people like label themselves as your enemy. You know what I mean? And shit gets fucking real in a hurry. You know, I, I understand that part of it, but, like just generally, like if somebody has slighted you, if somebody has done something to disrespect you, or somebody's been rude to you, or somebody, you know what I mean? All those things. How do you treat those people when they're in need? Mm -hmm. How do you treat those people when they're down? Do you kick them when they're down? Or right. do you go like, hey man, I'm going to donate to their GoFundMe. Yeah. You know, 20 bucks, 15 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever you can. Yeah, that's important. You know what I mean? Like that's, like that's, and I don't think that's a religious thing. I think that's like a human kindness yeah. thing. And, you know, I, one thing that I 
have that I believe in in like religions and churches or mausoleums or or what you know whatever temples like whatever you call them um wherever they are in this entire world I feel like there's one thing in common with all of them I mean multiple things in common with all of them but one of the things is for the community if there's someone out there that is lost depressed has nobody guess where they can go to feel accepted they can go to church and they can feel like they have something in their life that they can be happy about, you know, and they can find themselves again and they can find goodness within other people. And that's what's so important about having churches in the community is for people who are lost, who need to be found, you know, and need to find something that they can accept who they are and they can you know, be around a group of people that love them no matter what and don't judge them. And I feel like in all this chaos in this world and where we are now, it's, you know, over centuries that we've kind of lost, like, the main reason why we have them. And that is why, like, I'm, I mean, that's just what I believe. And, and I, I am thankful for those places that accept people who need to be found you know, um, but as far as controlled religion, it's, it's a whole different story, but all I want to say, I don't want to get into it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause that's always a touchy subject, but, but faith and religion are two different things, right? Faith is your, faith is your relationship with God and religion are the rules that man has put on you. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Well, being religious and being in controlled religion is also two totally different things. I think we're, I think it's semantics. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, We're we're, we're pretty much saying the same thing. Yeah. We're saying the same thing. But, um, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into it, but also go to the church whose music you like the best. Yeah. Go to the church whose music you like the best. Go to a church who goes to different parts of the world to help out communities there, you know, like rebuild and and help the world and do good, you know, like that's why they're there and that's why they should be there. And I totally 100% agree in that. Everything else is kind of just Crazy. noise. Yeah, it's, it's just noise. noise. Yeah. It's just noise. It's a good So listen, dude. Good word. <laughs> I fucking I think you're a gem of a human being. You're Aww. fucking awesome, dude. And I'm glad I waited this long to have you on the podcast. <laughs> I I am. I I'm so happy you had me on. Dude, I was uh, I love you guys. To, you guys are dude, amazing. We love you too. We think the world of you. You're fucking you're a badass. And look at that damn dog. Just stands up and looks Loki. at you. Loki. Loki's awesome, man. Obviously, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Yeah. <laughs> Loki. I thought you were just a pagan. <laughs> well, yeah. Or just low-key, you know? Yeah. No, I'm, no I'm man. Low it's low-key, key. brother. It's low-key, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. listen. Thanks for letting me bring him. Yeah, dude. Of, Marv's like... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mario. Yeah, I think... I think uh, of all the podcasts, is this the first dog in the podcast? First dog ever, first dog ever in See, the, the podcast studio. the second half, he was pretty quiet. 
And yeah. then the first half, he was out yeah, of control. He just, he's standing up like, yeah. Yeah, he does that a lot. Um, he's used uh, to getting treats. He is a yeah. meerkat. <laughs> he's totally standing. Timon? You Timon looking mom? <laughs> yeah, if he did that when I first got him, I probably would have called him Timon. But he didn't yeah. do that until like he met his his dog friend after he was like six months old. His, my roommate's dog used to do that all the time because she, uh, she had a dachshund. So uh, super long body. So he'd just go like, just go straight up. Like a hot dog. And like stand there and just beg. And then Loki just started doing it with him uh, together. <laughs> so cute. I mean, it's been nine years and he still does it. It's just, it's so cute. Well, listen, it's about that time. Okay. Right. So I ask everybody. I feel like we still have so much more to talk about. <laughs> Dude. We do. I'll just have to come on again. Dude, you're definitely going to come on again when, I'm not kidding, when the when the food truck. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. Give, give me like a month's head notice. Okay, I will. Yeah, before sure. it goes up so I can I can schedule you in because I'm kind of scheduling like two months out. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, Thank so you. we'll, yeah, we'll definitely do it again and have you guys on here and we'll talk about. And thanks guys... for the beer. So yeah, good. Dude, this, dude, Heretic. Uh, they're out of Fairfield, I believe. It's heretic or heretic? Yeah. <laughs> heretic. I, li- I like heretic. I think heretic is heretic. Uh, heretic. Yeah, the, the eye. Heretic. Look at the eye. That's a flame. <laughs> it's a candle. That's because they're burning in hell. That's because they're burning in hell. That's why, because they're heretics. There's a there's literally a fucking demon on the thing, yeah, but it's that's uh, true. but it's delicious beer. They're out of Fairfield, and so uh, and every time I get one of their beers, they're all good. Yeah, it's really. There's yummy. a you can't Mango. handle the juice. This one's juicier than that. But there's a you can't handle the juice, and there's another one, <laughs> and there's another one. Uh, but it makes you make, can't handle, handle the, the juice. juice. <laughs> and uh, there's another one. Make America juicy again. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, but great. they're all really good, dude. They're, they're yeah, so good. It's like a mango pale ale. It's super yummy. I like yeah. it. So okay. So God forbid, you're walking home. Okay. Oh God. Woolly mammoth don't jumps out of the bushes, dude. Wait, who? A woolly mammoth. Oh my God. A woolly mammoth. Okay. You, you know they're they're cloning those fuckers now, right? What? Yeah, they, they've uh, they they get their DNA. Yeah, the DNA like that they found. Jurassic Park. Yeah, and then they're no. dude, and they're literally <laughs> dude. This this is where they got the idea from. They're getting because there's there's missing parts of the DNA because they found frozen mammoths in like uh like in Alaska, like Siberia, wherever, like where the Bering Strait would be. They found them frozen in the ice, but the DNA is damaged. So what they're doing is they're splicing the DNA with with elephants. Like Jurassic Park. Yes, like Jurassic Park and uh, nature um, uh, makes a way. Oh, no. Right? So let's just say you get snatched up by a fucking woolly mammoth and we never see you again. And all that's left is your legacy. What do you hope your legacy is? What do you you hope to leave behind? Um, Wow. Um, Well, what, what do I hope to leave behind? a book about my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I just hope that I touch people's hearts and, 
you know, give them inspiration and show them love and light and positivity, even through like the darkest times. Um, that's kind of what I've tried to do my whole life is just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a people pleaser and I don't try to be, but like, I, I don't want people to hate me. I don't, I really don't, but that's not what life is about is other, you know, wondering what other people think of you. But at the same time, I, I feel like I, I want to do that to show people like even through some shitty times, like, you know, you can always kind of see a light at the tunnel and you can always reach for it. Um, so I don't know, I guess that, <laughs> that's, well, dude, that's, a, that's a deep question. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's awesome, dude. And, um, I'm so glad you're on here. I'm so glad we're friends <laughs> and dude, I remember meeting you the first time <laughs> and I didn't think I'd ever see you again. Aw. I just, you know, it was at an art show. Yeah. Just like randomly, we bought some prints. And then yeah. years later, yeah, I know, right? you're on the podcast. It's been what? Four years since that. No way. Since the Raw show. <gasps> the oh first Raw, God, show? The yes, Raw show. Yes, 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 yes. It's a whole thing. That's a we whole didn't even get into that. Thing. We'll talk about that next time. We'll talk oh about that next God. time. You'll be back on. Aww, yeah, dude. I and forgot at, about that. Fast and then forward, we re-met again. We're fucking friends now. It's all about the circle. It's all circle, about the circle. And <laughs> part of that circle is We Are Sacramento yeah. and The Loft. And this podcast is brought to you by We Are Sacramento and The Loft. Well, I thank you very much.